Welcome to Cork City Library's Talking Newsletter of Library News and Features. I'm Glenn, and in this episode we bring you Let's Play Cork by Eileen Cassidy. MLK on the Other American Black Power, a book review by Dr. Sirka Fogarty. Censorship of Children's Literature in the USA by Deirdre Swain. And a review of Rory Gallagher Blues by Liam Ronane. Let's Play Cork by Eileen Cassidy It is perhaps a sign of the times that there is a need for an urbact funded initiative looking at the concept of playful cities. Play is, or should be, an integral part of childhood. It is easy to assume that all children have access to play. Isn't that what children do? Or is that an assumption we make as adults who consider play to be a thing children just do? Looking back, Unstructured play was certainly the mainstay of my own childhood. Out the back was a real place where we spent endless hours playing. Today's world is much busier and far more structured. Making time for play has become a thing and it is not always easy to do. Many children seem to move within a rigid structure of timetabled activities. Making space for play also seems to be a luxury with the notion of out the back, a fond, distant memory. Society does not seem to have space for play. Physical places are limited, and many parents operate in a bubble of fear around children going missing or hurting themselves so the psychological space for allowing your child to disappear off, out the back, with the only curfew being darkness is long gone. Why does it all matter anyway? It is true play that children get to explore and discover themselves and the world around them. Play allows us to imagine and to believe anything is possible. Play helps us to develop social skills, to negotiate rules and compromise, to work in groups. Play encourages us to move and it also allows us to unwind and relax. It can be active or restful, depending on what mode of play we choose. Cork, as a city, is embracing play. Not just for children, but for people of all ages. We are acknowledging the need to play and advocating for the right to play. Cork's playful paradigm brings together representatives from a diverse range of groups to explore how we can embed play into the fabric of our city and we welcome the opportunities that being part of this network has brought. The idea of play is not new to the library. Stories themselves are a form of play. While the COVID-19 pandemic has delayed plans to introduce a new toy collection to the library and the lending of community play bags, we are delighted to be taking part in National Play Day for the first time this year. Let's Play Cork booklets and a limited number of play packs will be available from your local branch of Cork City Libraries free of charge on Saturday the 4th of July and the booklet will be available for download at www.letsplaycork.ie Book Review MLK on the Other America and Black Power by Dr. Sirka Fogarty Many peaceful protests have taken place around the world in response to the death of George Floyd in the US. This has caused some discord among the general public during these uncertain times. However, despite the urgent and unremitting efforts to deal responsibly with the COVID-19 crisis, these protests elucidate the ever-present need for racial awareness, a need which persists even now, in 2020, when, in all reality, it shouldn't. This past month, from London to South Africa, 
Thousands took a stand in solidarity with African Americans and the Black Lives Matter movement in the fight against police brutality. We are all aware of the incredible work of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as one of the pivotal leaders of the American Civil Rights Movement who, in 1964, became the youngest person to receive the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to end segregation and racial discrimination through civil disobedience and other nonviolent means. MLK on the Other America and Black Power contains excerpts from the Other America and Black Power, two of King's most radical works examining economic inequality, police brutality and black power. Following recent events, it is an essential read in order to remind us that, unfortunately and even shockingly, racism is still a pressing social issue today. The two documents in this book dig deeper than the single, more widely known phrases from King, which, however, still remain relevant today particularly his insistence that if you stand up for justice, you can never fail. In King's analysis, the other America is a place where people are surrounded by injustice and the daily indignities that perpetuate the lie that they are inferior, experience food insecurity, live in inadequate housing and suffer under the lack of freedom and opportunity. One of the most salient points King makes is that the greatest tragedy of this America is what it does to little children. In this other America, children grow up with clouds of inferiority forming in their little mental skies. We see this other America, and moreover, this other world, every day. We see the divestment from communities of colour across the country and the impact it has on young people, schools and families. We see the impact it has on the criminal legal system and the way systematic racism affects the treatment of refugees and immigrants. We see the way in which, King says, the nation's promise of freedom and justice have not been met. King states, Let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. The poet, Audre Lorde, once said, There is no thing as a single-issue struggle because we do not live single-issue lives. In order to protect and serve black communities and indeed respect all those with whom we share this world, we must dismantle the structural racism and general apathy towards minority communities. Furthermore, we must not forget those with mental and physical health issues and other struggling sectors of our society, as, ultimately, racism and apathy towards others can only result in the denigration of people, economic growth and democracy itself. Censorship of Children's Literature in the USA by Deirdre Swain The American Library Association, ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom, receives reports from libraries, schools and the media on attempts to ban books in communities across the USA. ALA compiles a list of challenged and or banned books every year based on these reports. The vast majority of the books on the annual ALA lists are children's and young adult literature, there are many reasons why children's books could be censored. Common themes that are criticised and condemned include the tension between science and religion and the discussion and depiction of nudity, sex or sexuality, including sexual or gender identity. Books which are deemed to encourage disrespectful behaviour or negative activity or which lead readers into fantasy worlds that create confusion also have the potential to be challenged. Racism is also a reason for a children's book to be denounced. The most challenged books documented by ALA include Robert Cormier's The Chocolate War, 
due to offensive language and sexual explicitness. Roald Dahl's The Witches because of its supernatural themes and encouragement of disobedience. Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by virtue of its racial stereotypes and use of derogatory terms and the Captain Underpants series by Dav Pilkey because it encourages disruptive behaviour. Even one of Dr Seuss's books, Hop on Pop, was challenged on the grounds of a parent's complaint that it could embolden children to use violence against their fathers. J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series was banned due to the witchcraft and religious viewpoints within it. Several books used for teaching children sex education have been censored, including Peter Mayles' Where Did I Come From? Judy Bloom is the author featured most frequently on the list of challenged books. Five of her coming-of-age novels have been censored, mostly due to sexual content. It is noteworthy that in the most recent list of challenged books, that from 2018, five of the top 11 challenged books had LGBT themes. Two out of these five books were actually burned as well. Helen Bannerman's Little Black Sambo, which was written in 1899, was banned because both the story and its illustrations were seen as racially derogatory. Interestingly, the Collins English Dictionary defines the word Sambo as an offensive word for black, while the Oxford English Dictionary explained it as persons of various degrees of mixed Negro and Indian or European blood. Janet Hill, a children's librarian based in England, objects to certain books which treat race in an offensive way. However, she states that this particular book by Helen Bannerman has historical value and that its literary merit outweighs its stated attitudes. Moreover, she affirms that the book was extremely popular with West Indian children in Brixton. The book has been adapted and changed over the years. In 2004, a little golden book version of it was published under the title The Boy and the Tigers with new names and illustrations. Rory Gallagher Blues The booklet in the recently issued Blues has a quote from Rory Gallagher recalling the impact of first hearing blues on the radio. The following weekend, I went into the library in Cork and I got books out on the origins of the blues. Rory was a regular user of the City Library on Grand Parade. Another time, he recalled, I went into the library once and got Teach Yourself How to Read Music or something and it said, sit down with your piano. We didn't have a piano, so that went down the chute. It wasn't just the books on music which drew Rory to the library. As a young reader, he began a lifelong love of the classic hard-boiled crime novels of writers like Dashiell Hammett, Patricia Highsmith, James L. Cain and Raymond Chandler. This fascination with classic noir is reflected in the titles of the tracks on the second of the three-disc set, Prison Blues, Secret Agent, Lone Shark Blues, Pistol Slapper Blues and Nothing But The Devil. These could have been titles of books by his favourite writers like E.G. Hammett's Continental Op. It might seem an absurd thing to say, but if Rory had never picked up a Strat and plugged in, these acoustic tracks, 12 and all, would be enough to make his name. You only have to listen to Should Have Learnt My Lesson, his playing, including an overdubbed mandolin track, gelling beautifully with Lou Martin's Barrelhouse piano. Prison Blues and Banker's Blues are other standouts, and he attacks Pistol Slapper Blues with a relish that is irresistible. Some of the tracks on CD2 are versions of songs better known in electric versions. Hearing a song like Whole Lot of People, for example, in an acoustic version gives more space for the listener to appreciate the lyrics, often overlooked in the electric versions. 
this should be no surprise to anyone. As early as, see here on the second Taste album, and true to Out of My Mind on Juice, and beyond, Rory's taste the acoustic playing was a joy. The last four tracks on the acoustic CD are covers of songs by his heroes and mentors, Muddy Waters, Sunhouse, Fulton Allen, and great versions they are. Although, you'd have to say his cover of John Lee Hooker's Want Dad Blues lacks the latter's roguish menace. Muddy Waters was always Rory's main man, and you can feel the love in the versions of Can't Be Satisfied and Blow Wind Blow. The basis for Dylan's It Takes a Lot to Laugh, It Takes a Train to Cry, both included here. Of course, no Rory fan would accept that it's all about his acoustic playing, and if there was even the remotest doubt, listen to the first three tracks on CD3, recorded live in Glasgow in 1982 with Brendan O'Neill on drums. Why My Baby She Left Me, the Sonny Boy Williamson classic, Nothing But the Devil, and Willie Dixon's What in the World. These are some of the best live tracks we have ever heard from Rory and his band. They were lucky to keep the roof on. Other standouts include Off the Handle, A Slow Searing Blues, I Could Have Had Religion, A Million Miles Away, both familiar live favourites, but great versions here, and Leaving Town Blues, a studio cut for a Peter Green tribute. Congrats to the production team, chiefly Donald Gallagher's son Daniel, for getting a raft of great tracks from the RTE vaults. Many Rory fans will have seen or heard them before, but having them anthologised here is a huge plus. Of course, it has to be said what a joy it is to see these tracks issued on the chess label. How proud Rory would have been. The only even vaguely negative comment one can make about this wonderful set is What took you so long, lads? Liam Ronane. That's all for this edition. All information can be found on our website at www.corkcitylibraries.ie and on our social media channels. Thanks for listening. Sláin.